Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Monkey Business Show. We have to rush into starting because these gentlemen were giving me gold outside of the podcast, and I want these funny and clumsy conversations to happen in the podcast. Today we have a new guest, uh, Lizard. What's up, buddy? No one was being funny. I don't know what you're talking about. Great. It's great to have you, Kyle. Good to have you back again. And Johan, thank you for joining us one more time. Okay. So Johan, you have a tree now in your room and a whole uh, garden inside your room, an interior garden. Yeah. And uh, they didn't finish, so I had to finish, but it's cool. It's fun. I think either, even if they finished, I wouldn't have trusted it. I would have probably redone it anyway, but it's, it's been a lot of fun, part of it. And um, it's beautiful. It's awesome. Finally have a room with plants in it. I think I'm, I'm almost 30, you know, and I never had that. So cool. So we were talking about that you have an irrigation inside of your room. Automatic irrigation. It's, it would be <laughs> too painful to have to water all this by hand. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already tried once and everything got wet and then you end up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, man, it's, it's a lot, but irrigation's fun. Irrigation is a lot of fun. Honestly, it's a, it's a fun pastime. It's like a little game in itself. So I want people to understand that you had to get an automatic watering system inside your room because you could not water your plants without getting everything wet. I'll, no, but I'll show you. I'll make a video <laughs> after um, and we'll, we'll, we'll clip it in and you can see like how much there will be to individually yeah. try and water. It's, By the it's, way, yeah. it, that, that's like your what room, like your gaming room or what you have obviously yeah, a PC yeah, yeah. there. So you have yeah, flowers yeah. around you or like... One second, I'm going to get something. I'll yeah, show give you. me. I want to see. <laughs> I just love when people think about yeah. like Dora people being able to just well, uh, do normal activities outside. He had to get oh. a watering system because he couldn't water the plants. No, that's the that's what he was complaining about. It's like, oh, yeah, they were supposed to finish. Now it's like a week and now they're on. Now, now I have to holidays. water my own plants. And it's Can like, yeah, I hate it when <laughs> I can't get the indoor automatic watering system set up in my villa. Mm. Like that, that yeah. really, that really has been a problem for me in my life. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, you, it's usually a young like eighteen year old Slavic boy doing this for him, you know, running around watering the plants. But you're way older you're, than eighteen. You're not that far off. Right, I have to charge it, but I'll turn on the lights. Shut I'll up, turn Kyle. on the lights after. You'll see. Like they, they install all kinds of things here, and I have a ladder. So I invited Lizard to the podcast because I actually met him two days ago in LA. I have never met him before. We went oh, out for lunch. Uh, he's back home now. Oh. So uh, ju just to, just to continue, sorry, Kyle, on his moon landing conspiracy. <laughs> on my flight back from LA, I was sitting next to a space dam engineer, and I asked him about it. Moon landing is real; it happened. He confirmed yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> it would have been shout harder. out to Joe. Shout out to Joe from Honeywell. There. Oh, it, that guy. Yeah, be... yeah, he sits in the room too. With him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be harder. It would have been harder to like it, the the tech wasn't there to fake the video, like the way it was shot. So it was actually easier to go to the moon than fake the video in that <laughs> manner. But Lizard, to clarify, invited himself onto the podcast. And he's a little taller than Jay. He's pretty buff. So I think he might have pretty intimidated buff. him into the invitation. He's like, bro, it's been 40 episodes. Nothing. And then uh, he got yeah. a little offended. He started... And now he's here. You know, you guys know Garrett, right? Of course. Like, he he was working in Join Dota. The way, the way I started casting, he came to my stream... And I told him, dude, I'm going to kill you if you don't invite me to, to cast. <laughs> I'm going to mess you up. That's literally how he still has the clip. So 
threatening your way to a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta take matters into your own hands. By the way, Garrett, when are you gonna call me to cast with you something, huh? You don't like my Slavic accent, is that it? You little shit. Thought we were friends. I thought you liked me. I thought we were united in our mutual hate for Lamp. Alright, all jokes, of, of course. How's life in LA then? So, well, he went back home, but life in LA was good. Uh, we went for, for lunch and we waited mm. one hour between the first dish yeah. and the second dish. So we Jeez. had pretty time to digest it. It was three hours. <laughs> I think it was because we got like the. Uh... Like we split like a menu, like where they just give you a bunch of stuff. So we Dude, got we ordered spaghetti. Kinda, spaghetti. We got, yeah, we did. <laughs> like they must have been. We didn't get anything noodles. fancier, you know. Yeah, they were handmade, handmade noodles. So it's like, oh, that's fun. Like I really like, you know, Italian food, handmade noodles, good stuff. They gave us the appetizers like five minutes in, and then it was legit. It was an hour and eleven minutes before we got any pasta. Like, did you, what's going did on? Did you did you ever go go and watch like those ASMR videos in which uh, there's a chef making a steak in front, like a good steak that's two hundred bucks? I think that was the point. We sat outside. We needed to sit inside and actually watch them. You know, go through the process. Oh, okay. Yeah. And not only this was bad enough, but the waitress just decided just to make fun of oh, that was hilarious. And 15 <laughs> that was hilarious for no reason. Make she, fun of she, you. She, she, oh my god. Huh? Oh man, I remember that. Huh? What? Would you make fun I of? I don't Jay? know why she was doing it. Yeah, the whole time, the whole time, nonstop. Because I was laughing. So, <laughs> so, so Jay, Jay was getting a little ornery, okay. And I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. I, I it's never the like, staff's fault. I have three hours. To I had shit to do too, but you know, like life goes on. Sometimes you get unexpected delays. <laughs> and, and I was just having fun. And Jay would be like, you know, we're, we're ready for the next one, whatever. And she would hit him with something like, "Oh, you are." Oh, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, just something. I think she said something like, "Is that up to your standards?" After we ate like the second or third one, and me and Lizard are just dying yeah. laughing. Yeah. And she, she oh, was having God. her own like stand-up. Wait, you guys went you know, for several main like, courses. Is that what you did at the same place? So it was like a tasting menu, and they would give uh, you like a little it? bit of of tomato uh, meat pasta, you know, and a little mm. bit of carbonara pasta. So it was coming out one at a time. And it, between that, she was just giving me the comedy show that I didn't pay for, you know? So, yeah. The, we enjoyed and, it, though. This was good. Something, yeah, Jay kept, Jay's always asking for more water, so she's just making sure he's hydrated. Like, fill up his cup and be like, I just want to be sure mm. you got enough H2O. <laughs> Is that all right with you? Is like, that right with like, you? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So it was lovely. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. So let's talk about this. So, Lisa, this was the first time that you were in America? And you came here for yep. the Arlington Major, right? Yes, that's true. How was it? Correct. Tell me a little bit more. How was the Major from your point of view? Uh, it was good. I, I'm. Kyle knows. Like for me, it's as long as there's decent food. Like I'm uh, easy to to satisfy. You know, it's it's not it's not that hard. It's not that hard at all. So the ma <laughs> the Major was okay. We had the crowd there. The 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 crowd was wild. Crowd was great. Uh, at the same time, though, I, they had to go through some problems, right? Like the crowd actually had to uh, watch the screen that was extremely small. So maybe that's one of the things that wasn't that great. I hear that some people in the back rows were having earache as well. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the sound balance wasn't or... great. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, oh, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know how I, did you get because because I obviously wasn't able to watch. How did it look on on like Twitch and everything, the production and all the things? 
How was I? Was I was I hot? Was it, it you're you're always do hot. I need to, you carry. Do I need to yes, work out I, more? How you keep pointing to different sides during the podcast during the show? Was... Yeah, like I'm I'm just trying. <laughs> I I love the lights, you know. I'm sorry. I need to look a little bit better next to Fly. It's just you. You can talk about the channel. Okay. Okay. I'm just gonna. It's. I mean, it's uh, who's a little stronger bit now, distracting. Eh? So uh, the thing about Chen, you know, as somebody who's level. Hey, what? Okay. On Chen, um, All right. Or, okay. I know a thing or two about this hero. So. so. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm actually just adjusting the lights here. There's a knob. That's all. <laughs> so the the show from far away also look. Let's say on the on the cheaper side. You know? Okay. Yeah. But the crowd was amazing. I, I thought actually the crowd was amazing. And we were talking about it that the crowd was a little bit older that we respected. Is there was a lot of older people like on their thirties. That yeah. obviously you have to have the money to go there, you know? So <clears throat> I I really, really love the crowd. Boomers. Which makes yeah, makes sense, right? It's in the US, yeah. if nothing else. Like people that are gonna travel, they're a bit older. So yeah. yeah. Well the thing is now it's just millennials, but we're becoming the boomers. <laughs> Slowly but we surely. Are I, I became the woman a while ago. I refuse to get TikTok, so I think I'm always gonna stay out of yeah, out of touch. Me too. I am I'm I'm too old too old for the new one. I like my YouTube. It's, so it's Johan, all about Kyle, how you feel. Kyle, you turn just turned thirty. I did. He's a real adult now. Yep. Happy death. It wasn't it was death at 30, right? <laughs> no, supposedly, my, my grandparents and my parents tell me that 30s are like your best decade. Like 30s and 40s are the good years. So I think sure so, to too. Enjoy them. I think so, too. Yeah. 20s is when yeah. you're learning. I... Yeah, 20s, 20s had a lot of discovery. Hmm. Yeah. I have I... to say, though, there's a, there, there's a lot of this mortality kicking in, you know? Like, you actually start to question some other things when you get 30 too so yeah, you think about death yeah, exactly and getting old entropy I think when i was in like my 20s i thought like well by the time it's 30 you know i'll have shit figure it out no and now you're thinking well by the time i'm 37 you know think about it i'm 37 look at where you are right now by the time you are my age you will for sure have shit figured out right is that what you guys think of course, no. Yeah. Of course, I, I, I think that I think the idea of having it all figured out is kind of an illusion. I think that the main difference for me was I have a very hard time seeing myself as an adult, and I'm like I'm 30 now, so maybe I'm not comfortable with the idea, but I'm old enough that I can pretend, and it comes across authentically because. I'm I'm 30, you know, I'm a grown-up now. I'm a full-fledged adult. When my dad was my age, he had four kids. What in the hell? And I am not anywhere closer to like knowing who I am or what I want out of life necessarily, but I have a much better idea. And I think that I'm being a lot more intentional about the direction that I'm going in my like personal and professional growth. So like the 20s are kind of more like what the hell's going on you know oh sure i'll live out of a suitcase i'll play i'll play a video game i don't want to work at a bar like being this age i think you just have to be a you know a bit more about the games you know and what you should be doing or at least what you think you should be doing i, I, I love the yeah, i love the cultural differences here because if you're slavic you get the wife and that's it she makes you mature enough you don't get the choice here kyle <laughs> get a Look wife at him at thinking, age, you know, he's <laughs> he's he's thinking like he's thinking like, what's my purpose in life? What do I do? What? 
It's, it's not like that here. Have one purpose. <laughs> a wife. The wife gives you the purpose, you know? <laughs> well, I will say that there is a lot of similarities, not only in Dota players, but in other people that have committed their 20s to a different adventure. Because in many ways, your growth in many other aspects of life has been staggered because of the yeah. incredible amount of commitment that you guys put on, on this game. So now, Kyle, you're going at 30 through with some people go in the early 20s, in some stages. Mm -hmm. In other stages, you're very developed. And I think yeah. Johan has the same thing. And me making movies is the same thing. You know, I had nothing in my mind besides movies. Yeah. So I had, I had a really interesting conversation because I was hanging out with the, yeah, the Ukrainians and, and Marple and her husband in, um, in Arlington. And I had a conversation with no one because he was asking me like, you know, hey, like what's after this? You know, how did you find like the next <laughs> thing? And I'm like, man, What's I have no idea. <laughs> What's yeah. in the after <laughs> Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What and do so you mean? Ky like, Kyle the Sage, you know, we, like with his I'm white in the beard. mentor role. And I'm just like, man, I have no idea. But I'll tell you, you, you got to have like something. I think that uh, no, just ask Seth, you know, you're, you're fine. As long as Valve keeps the door open, I think you're fine. You can just fucking play casually now. Like, just do that. Yeah, but I get it. I mean, I'm I'm so sick of Dota. Like, I just can't play. I've put like 20-something thousand hours into it, probably more. I put like 20,000 hours into Han. It's like, I look at that and I think, how, like, I'm ready for a new adventure, you know? Like, let's go. Because, but I don't know what to tell them. Because I, I think it's a different conversation if you're successful or if you aren't successful. Because a lot of people <laughs> that leave Dota... And they've got like, you know, maybe they won like a hundred grand over three years. It's a different situation. Mm. No one, no tail. You know, I look at the prize money. I can do the math. I'm like, all right, you guys have enough cash that you could float yourself for a while. You could start some business you wanted. But it's like the, the problem is in Dota, it's like a closed loop. So your decision making is primarily like, what role do I play? What teammates would I like? What heroes do I specialize in? Whereas if you approach life with the same mentality, like, how do I win this? How do I optimize? It's like, well, fuck me. You could make a construction company. You could open a restaurant. You could put all your money in Dogecoin. Like, who knows? You got to just figure it out. And that, that can be really daunting to people, I think. It, it is to me, honestly. I don't think that we're that special, like this group of Dota people. I think it's anyone that doesn't have a chance to grow in his business, right? And once he's, like, if he works for a particular, if he has a particular set of skills, and he loses the job there or the company shuts down or the whole industry shuts down. You're kind of cocked the same, right? Like it's all the same thing. The only difference is uh, like a small cultural uh, difference once again. Like here, I feel like we don't have as much choice, right? Like in the Eastern Europe, like you, you don't get to think about these things. Maybe that's a good uh, good thing for us too. Yeah. Like I'm walking down in the US, I'm walking down the streets. I there, there's a ton of crazies. Like in LA, there's a ton of crazies when you walk down the streets. You don't see those guys in Ukraine or Bosnia, man. If you're crazy, you go outside, you, you'll you freeze to that. Like you, you don't get the choice to be that way. You know, someone, either someone has to take care of you or you have to figure your yep. stuff out. Like, Oh, that that's definitely something that's also cultural. And one of the things I loved about Ukraine, I think there's a lot more... <laughs> That is cold and the craziest table. They can't go outside. <laughs> There's a lot more familial bonds. And part of that is probably because for reasons Lizard explained, like there's hardships that are built in that you have to like have a community for. And America, it's a lot more common to just 
not be close with your I've family. Been, like, I, I live with my yeah. cousin. A lot of people don't even talk to their cousins. Um, and then you have, you know, we have like the nursing home industry is like billions is billions and billions of dollars in the States. I don't really think that our nursing homes, like is a place where you put your grandma a thing in, in Bosnia, Liz? So, so only when uh, they're so like only when people are so sick that you really can't take care of them. Like if they're yeah. in their bed lying and even then, like, let's, I don't know if I want to talk about, but whatever, like my grandma, right? Like she lived with me. She was in a really bad condition for, for a really long time. And she lived with me. I was, I was what I was like 20. She lived with me in my room. My parents and my mother lived in, 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 in the other room in the same house we had. That's a one bedroom apartment, one bedroom house, pretty much. They, they slept in the kitchen, by the way, on a sofa that opens up. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my room, it was me, my brother, who uh, was five years older. So he left at the time and my grandma. So it's uh, like, we don't have that. We, we, we don't, we also don't move out very early on, right? So this might be weird for you. Like Lizard, what the hell? Why didn't you move out when you were 17, 18? We don't do that. You don't have the opportunity. Like you can't afford to, to, to get to a different place. By the way, I'm sorry for, for taking this podcast. No, that's good. No, that's <laughs> really good. I, I, low. Thanks for sharing. I, wow. Yeah, agreed. And sorry for smiling during it because I didn't know that. And I think it's great. It's just that no, while we were cool. hanging out in LA a couple of days ago, you kept he kept making quips about like, oh, in Bosnia, like like as a joke. <laughs> yeah. like, he was like, this like the road was shit. He's yeah. like, in Bosnia, you're lucky no. to have roads. Yeah. <laughs> that one was a joke. Like our roads aren't that bad. <laughs> I have to say, you pulled, you you did pulled this, the Bosnia, you did this the whole the Bosnia time. card eh? all the time. Oh, yeah. this pasta is yeah. Google. In Bosnia, we don't have pasta. So, yeah, I'll pay for the so lunch. Sorry, sorry. That was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful. But all I can think about is like, yeah, back in Bosnia. Don't, <laughs> but don't like, kill me here. Like the Bosnian fans and guys, they're gonna rip me off. Like it, it's not that bad. Like the roads are actually worse in Ukraine than in Bosnia. Actually, I think I the roads are worse that. in LA than they are in Bosnia and in Ukraine. Oh, really? Worse in LA. Well, are roads are terrible. Oh my terrible. god! You've been outside my house, right, Jay? That one takes the mm -hmm. cake, right? Isn't that the worst out of all of them? When you make I mean, a right, it's like, oh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> my way to Aldi is like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is. It is a roller coaster. Tell me a little bit more about you. Like, you're from Bosnia. Where, where have you lived? Like, I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about your life. I'm from Bosnia. I lived there, like, until I was, uh, until I pretty much started doing this, right? And, until I started being a talent. Mm -hmm. um, actually, when I, when I started playing, I moved a little bit, like, lived in some team houses, but nothing really crazy. I didn't move out of the region. I, I was rank one with Meepo. I was actually a better Meepo player than Notail. Just didn't make it, make it to a good team. What can I do? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One on one, meet. <laughs> Come on, one on one. Team, <laughs> team bad, team not Let's good. Go. Team shit. Let's go. <laughs> Meepo, I could. I, I see the new Meepo, by the way. Speaking of, I think it's interesting now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, someone, someone had a talk about this uh, new Meepo. Dick. And, yeah, someone Instant had. Dick doesn't seem so, fair. So, exactly. Someone had this idea, you know, and he presented it as it, maybe Instant Dig could save this hero. Maybe it can happen. Maybe it, it will make it fair. broken. Maybe it will make it broken as well. We'll see. Yeah. Let's see. I think all the cleavers are dead and, and stuff. Let's let's see. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you were saying. Sorry, you. <laughs> no time to time to grind MMR again. That's it. 
mm-hmm. no way <laughs> but no like i lived in bosnia then moved to ukraine i met uh my ex-girlfriend there lived with her for a couple of years spent covid there as well just like kyle pretty much our, our stories are so basically mm-hmm. when i met kyle like he gave me inspiration for this uh when i met kyle in kiev uh, for the first time, we're eating, you know, and while we're eating, he's he's being caught. He's like dancing, enjoying himself there. Oh, this food is so good, man! You know, like uh, some or some other bad impression of Kyle like that. And um, he tells me, "Why don't we move here? Like, why why don't we come to Kiev?" And we planned it there, but we didn't really move together. We kind of moved one at a time. I moved maybe a little bit before him because mm. I found my girlfriend before. In a way, Kyle, like when it comes to mentality and and. Uh, the way people are there, like I, I, I believe Kyle will agree. Um, yeah. Oh, you share the same fate. I, I am, I am, I, I fucking love Ukraine. To be clear, like I, I have, uh, I'm kind of blessed. I'm working with a bunch of Ukrainians, and I really enjoyed my time there. But one of the best lines, just as an example of, like what I would say is the spirit of, and really getting dark, but um, at the Dubai land was maybe two or three days uh, into the war. And one of my colleagues and I were talking about it and like the prospects and like how this would affect like our homes and and, like, I have no family there, but a lot of the guys did. And he said, uh, Ukraine will win this war because Ukraine will defend, because Ukrainians will defend their homeland until the last man. And he said it with 100% conviction with no fear whatsoever. And at the time, you know, there were tanks in the middle of Kyiv and, and there was no real clarity on the outcome of the situation. And he was just like, yeah, no, there's, there's no chance. And currently Ukraine's kicking ass. So let's go. So you both end up living in, in Ukraine and that's where you guys got to spend more time with each other while working on, on <laughs> different Dota products or how does this? Yeah. I, I saw Kyle all the time. I saw no. Kyle all the time, literally every single day. That was it's like once a quarter, we would actually hang out came over to my yeah. house one time he gave me bread and vodka which huh? i appreciated that's like a, i think yeah, salt me? too he gave me bread salt and vodka as like a yeah. traditional housewarming gift which was really nice uh, this is something that i'm actually very very sad of like I, I when i was in la i went to kyle and i even like expressed this like i wish that we did hang out more while i was in Kiev. it yeah. didn't it didn't it didn't feel right but it, it, it is the way it is like life had he wanted to, he wanted to really, he should have secured his place in like Kyle's friendship so that he would have more event invites. Um, because That's I literally... do lead, I do lead the talent cabal and he has <laughs> fallen out of my favor. That's literally why I went to LA. It was actually yeah. a business trip. It's not about the beach, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's just to, <laughs> but I still, I still took care of him. I still took care of him. He's going to get a TI invite. Uh-huh. Everything's fine. Like I, I sorted it. Am I? Thank yeah, you. of course. Cabal. Okay. So, Johan, okay, so it's like the, the Kyle Cabal has a lot of very eclectic, different people that don't get along in real life, but we are all friends <laughs> with Kyle. Without mm-hmm. naming names, I'm Switzerland. There's people that we will never hang out with that are also friends with him. And he has to compartmentalize groups. So, we <laughs> end up together on the same table. So, I have the same thing also with childhood friends. Like, a little bit of this, you know, where we, some of them, we, we were all friends together and then, you know, they fall out and then it's like, oh, you can't hang out with them at the same time, but you're, you're still good friends with both really strange stuff. Yeah. Having groups of friends or groups of people. I've definitely been in, a, um, let's just say 
I think there's been there have been four times in my life when I would I think betrayed is like a really strong word, but like uh, in, injustice befell me. Real injustice. Okay, so and, and fell me. There you go. You see big words. Befell. In, okay. Everything is a big word to a Spaniard. Befell me is not a big word. <laughs> How many times you get six befelled? letters? Come on. Befe I get befell. You befelled. We befelled. The Bosnian oh. understands. <laughs> the, even the Bosnian can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay. You're wrong on this one, man. Come so, on. I, I had some really tough times, and part of why I like just full YOLO'd after I got kicked from Cole was because I was just kind of sick of it. Because I felt, you know, my destiny was you tied. You were I was My destiny was tied to people that... Sick, a great sickness <laughs> befell him. <laughs> you were getting befell by complexity. I, I get the feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to be my own befell. plague doctor, all right? And I realized, you know, I, I felt very strongly that I, I always acted... In, in some ways, I look at it back now and I realize I was naive because I would... Um, nowadays, it's very normal in, in teams that different people have different salaries. And I would always negotiate for like my team and for what I wanted for my team. And I would always take the same salary. I didn't make any pushes for like, you know, equity when I was, when we were not being paid, I wasn't doing anything. Like I was floating the team house's utility bills and was owed a ton of money when I actually got kicked, which was ironic. So it's like, I, I put the team, I would keep them together through will. And I wanted the best for everybody. And and then I realized, you know, this this wasn't returned in kind. What is the use of it? And I look back at that now and realize I was just kind of dumb. And uh, I just kind of was like, you know what? I ditched myself with my moms. I started traveling and doing talent work because end of the day, it's like, it's just me. Mm. And there's other flaws within that life, notably that there's no such thing as job security. And it, it's this like weird, like... Mm feeling because you're never sure if you're going to get invited like i had anxiety about whether or not i'd be able to continue this career and that goes across everybody in the ecosystem everyone because you just yeah. never know there's everyone no you don't get booked months in advance like the dpc was the first time i actually knew i had work like three months out so yeah it can get stressful right i i had to come to a point uh, like this peace of mind in which i tell myself whatever happens happens like if i get it i get it it's, if not then you really have to like think that way if you don't like you're just gonna be stressful 24 7 and it's gonna affect the way you work too so you kind of have to meditate on it in a way you know uh by the way those people kyle would you cut them out or not which ones the one that befell you um there's a good line from I, I don't remember who it was. It was either 50 or um, he says, I, it, basically, I still want to see you eat, just not at my table. And that's yeah, my so mentality. Exa so exactly. Why would I go out to dinner with those people, bro? It's like, why would I go out to dinner knowing that they're there? It's like, can we all just get along? Why do I told you that line on the person who I was eating dinner with a person who failed you? By the way, I would read your fantasy. If you were to write like a nice fantasy book, I'd read it. Will be the story of okay. my Dota career, but I had superpowers. <laughs> he didn't drop. I was secretly <clears throat> nice. Yep. Yeah. Everyone has that one story, right? From a team, everyone has one. Like I, I had a team in which I was, I was always like Kyle, thinking that yeah, we can, we can, we should improve as a team. We shouldn't change players. We should like work together. All this shit, and everyone wanted to kick one player. Eventually. The team disbands and in our like group discord he writes guys uh i was the only one protecting him by the way 
he writes in group chats yo so i would like to continue playing with all of you but lizards you know he pressured me too much like, okay fuck it what can you do Boo. I, it was fun as well at the beginning like i, di- I didn't play dota like you guys i played warcraft um like just warcraft 3 rts i competed oh, in nice. it nice I, I but i loved it like i loved it so much like it, it, what what we would play for tournaments that were 200 euros or something in europe right like there's a monthly cup for 200 euros but it, it was just the whole the whole energy of everything it was all just starting up it was growing it, it was amazing i loved it uh it's always the passion that carries i mean that's why these new yeah. games are so good usually you know or like new generation games it's because people that's what the yeah. people want that that's the thing I wish there's a line I've used. It's kind of all, um, you should spend a lot more time making sure you're playing the right game than you do mastering the game you play. And I wish I had thought like that when I was like 22 or 23, cause I had a, lo- a lot of fun, but I think I probably would have pursued other opportunities that came around when I was like playing. Like I, I, I was so much better suited for casting and through casting, I found like a lot of different possibilities like there's the the esport industry is kind of i mean i don't esports might not be around forever but gaming is insane and if and i think if i had shifted more towards gaming and other things around the industry like it could have been very different or or i should have just pitched some fund like hey I'm going to make an eSport team. I just need $30 million so I can buy an Overwatch League spot. That could have worked. I regret I didn't do that. <laughs> I will. I don't know how to save this one anymore. I'm done. You guys take it whatever you want. I've tried to get you guys some try. That worked, that worked 12 times. There were 12 people who were able to do that. Excuse oh, me, sir. I would like $30 million so that I can join the Overwatch League. Kyle, and then they did it all over again. I won $30 million to, to join the Call of Duty League for 20,000 views, you know? So, with the same oh, But this time is for sure going to work, eh? The first time didn't work, but the second one, this is the right one, you know? I, wow. I, it goes against... The, the, my core philosophy... Is and this is content is king. You've got to be content driven, and I think it's the same mentality when you think about who you are as a person, right? It doesn't matter like what car you drive or what your profession is. Like your content is like what's in here. You know who am I as a person, and that's what you should strive to improve and what should drive you. And the same goes when I approach like anything that I'm doing, whether it's like building a broadcast, making a show, or even like playing Dota. What matters? Truth at the end of the day in a Dota team, it's do you win? Is your content good? Same goes for anything else that you're doing in life. And end of the day, you cannot force an esports circuit. This is just kind of common sense. Like, yes, if this game is successful and blows up and has hundreds of millions of players, this will work. But you can't force that because you have a professional esport league. It's gotta grow. I'll tell you a story for us. So when I pitched to Johan and Seb different games, I think Johan always, gives me a very, very interesting insight, which is, is the game good enough to survive? And is the game fun enough to keep on playing over and over and over? Because at the end of the day, the esports will only survive if the game itself is popular. And obviously I don't have expertise, you know? 
obviously, what else is going to bring in money you, except you know? people? Like, if people are not playing and enjoying, what's going? Where's the money going to come from? Where's the interest going to come from? It's like, yeah. poof. It's like, no. But, when when you guys are considering games, like, how long term are you thinking? Because let's say when I was playing Warcraft, I, w- I was like thirteen, right? Like, I and even as thirteen, I I, I looked at it and I'm, I I thought, yeah, this isn't going to last. This is going to be next couple of years and that's it. Why would I pour so much energy into it? I'd better be doing anything else. So yeah. how can you evaluate that part? Because Dota obviously proved me wrong. Like Dota, I didn't even think it's going to take so off. naturally, right? Like a natural response to having a good product, a good game. It's like, oh my God, how do we do it good? How do we do it better? Maybe somebody did it before. Like Riot and Valve obviously made successful tournaments, a successful competitive esports scene, whatever you want to grade like your success on. It it worked for the viewers. And that's what you really like at the end of the day try to achieve as the company, right? Like you got a lot of viewers, you monetized, the game had a good story, the game was good, and you know, they did it as a company and they're sit- sitting in full control. I don't know what they were smoking at Blizzard, but it wasn't as good as what they were smoking in the other companies because obviously like you should not have trusted that company. Like that company went down spiral left, right, center in all directions yep. with everything, you know? So I don't think Warcraft was necessarily a bad gamble. It seemed like the people who were working on that game at least knew stuff about making a good game, you know? Like but yeah, you know, then there's more to it. The patches <laughs> Yeah, the, the patches were coming out, but wh- how can you tell? Like, if you don't know the company, you're not like. And it goes up I, and down. I, I mean, there are factors be, yeah. that are probably impossible to calculate, right? But then there are probably factors yeah. you can look at, which are like obvious. But, I don't know if you played H1C1, but it became very obvious, very quick that developers in that game did not give a fuck, but they had a great product and people were hopeful and people were dreaming and people were saying, ah, it's going to be the new shit, it's going to be the best. And that's like the new Star Wars stuff, you know? Whatever it is, whatever yeah. it's going to be, the Star Wars fans, at least, I mean, there's some that hate, hate whatever comes out, but then there are some that just love it no matter what and dream about things and whatever. They're blind to it, you know? Mm. The, the, yeah, but but you guys consider yourself extremely lucky as well, right? Like, just Of from, course. From, I don't think I did good evaluations yeah. like that, like playing yeah. Dota. I just played a really good game. And then I think that's, that's a good yeah. step, you know? Like, hopefully the developer knows what they're sitting with. I think a natural response is making at least a semi-successful esports scene like that. That's probably a natural mm-hmm. course, but you never know. I think. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a good um, what's his face. This guy Aris made this joke because he was playing some game. He's like, oh, and he there's like some game 15 years ago where it's very similar. He's like, I like this. I want games to go backwards. That was fun. I see what's ahead. I see, you know, streamers spending $25,000 to buy better gems. Like, let's go back when games were fun and not meant to be, like, incredibly hyper-monetized to get tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. So, Remember when you just used buy a game and you would just play the shit out so of that game? From, from my side, I'll but, talk to the business side because I think that you guys are completely accurate on this. I think games have shifted the purpose. At one right. point, the, ga- the purpose of a company was how do I make the best game possible? That was it. Yep. And then yep. how do I give a game that is so freaking good that I can have another sequel and another one in a few years, you know, and I create a world. Right now, when you look at games, you're like, how can I monetize? How do I get money from these people's pocket into my account? Mm. Yep. And the way to do it is not by actually making a perfect game anymore. It's by making no. a game that requires you to continue paying in pursuit of perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Because the well, game I is not what, perfect anymore. 
what happened with the project, I mean, Dota 2 project, I think was maybe also a little more unique. Like you had a huge company backing it. So you're also able to make it free to play. If you want to make it, if I want to make a good game, if the four of us want, want to make a good game, we can't do that. Like uh, we're going to have to make yep. first pay, but then, you know, you take that risk. But yeah, I think it will pay off if you create a great product. I think more or less it always will, you know, like if you make a truly great product. Um, I mean, you can always start a Kickstarter, right? Sure, and then make the game forever yeah. for like... 50, 50 years, it's in creation, you take the money and I mean, that's it. By the way, what, what do you think? So basically, where I'm coming from as well, um, the developers that were working on Warcraft 3 are right now making a new game too, a new RTS. And when I look at that, I'm like, this is bound to fail from my perspective, because it's not only about uh, monetizing the game, they can do that whatever uh, way they want to. It's about new generations, like when when... We got a bit older, like when you go outside, when you see the kids, like no one was, no one was at their PCs any longer. Yep. It's only the mobile phones, right? And it's getting easier and easier. I think people uh, don't even want to play the mobile games now. They just want to watch or... Well, I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to play till I'm old. I know that. I'm going to definitely play games till I'm old. Yeah. So I think I also want to have games that are, I'm, you know, with that in mind also. So it's not whatever it is a 12-year-old want to play. I do think quite quickly you can change demographic, especially at that age, right? Some people also like... Dota when they're 12 and 13, maybe less. Look, you're going to play it, but you're also, like, because of your position in life, right? Like, you're blessed with the opportunity and time to play. Uh, people that are our age, that are growing, that, that like, have full-time jobs, that have kids, that uh, have real life that's that's kind of more difficult, let's put it that way, than mine, than Kyle's, than yours. And maybe they won't have that as much time. And even if they do... <laughs> It's it's a generation that's slowly dying yeah. off, right? The new kids aren't going to well, play it. It so depends what? on also where you're from. I, I, where's the growth, I guess? Yeah, where's the growth? I mean, that depends. If you have a great game, the growth will come. And and actually, a great game, of course, yeah. there's a demographic, like you're saying, is, is worth keeping in mind. But if video games are here to stay and people of many ages play it, I think you have ample enough opportunity. I don't know what people would be aiming for. If you need to be bigger than League of Legends, it's really hard. You know, it's really hard. Like, yeah. then you well, set the bar really high. That, so that's what's really interesting. So I wonder if, you know, will games kind of go the same way as music when you categorize them? So as an example, my dad's been listening to classic rock his entire life. And my gaming age, yeah, it started with StarCraft and Warcraft, but I was a gamer in the age of MOBA. We had like a solid decade or so. I think right now we're in the Battle Royale era. Um and with a side of I don't know like, if you guys gotcha play different games. games on Steam, but I play a bunch of different games. A bunch of different games are still coming out. You know, they're not competitive esports, but they're they're still video games. You know, single player mm. experience games, roguelites, base building, deck building. I, I play all of those monthly basis. Yeah, I, I was aiming more towards esports. Mm -hmm. Like perhaps that's where where we, we misunderstood each other. I was aiming towards esports and like games like Dota, like Warcraft Three, that had like a pretty competitive StarCraft as well that died out very quickly. So it's also how you do it and how you approach it because Dota also became competitive before it became really monetized, right? People were kind of doing it for free, like Dota yeah. All Stars. So again, I, I I mean I think with that it it really depends on how much do people like playing it, how much do people want to get involved. And what we said before, like nowadays, people are really worried about how they make money before they make the game. I think before they were like just worried about making the game good enough that it would, you know, give yeah. them the money back. Also to your question, like, is that bound to fail? It depends on the story, really, because if it's four guys or if it's a group of people who made who made that Warcraft 3, if they're making it in the same spirit, I could say they're coming with the 
maybe more experienced than ever, but if they come with the same passion, I could tell the passion that went into Warcraft 3. You know, that's love. That's not money. That's yeah. not people yeah. working on making games for money. This is fucking so much more. You know, this is real passion, like real yeah. creativity, real art. The same thing with Ice Frog. Old as fuck. I don't feel like maybe I'm aging with him, but I feel... I don't. I, I don't feel like he's been working on the game at least as much uh, past couple of years. But I think he's the reason why Dota has been what it is as well. Like through thick and thin. I think he's the reason why when things got hard, like Dota stayed, is because the game was so mm. good. Whoever's taking charge, whoever's doing it, deserves so much credit in my opinion. Again, I don't think that's so much about money. Sure, Valve is a great company, but I think that's pure, pure passion. So whether or not mm. that game will fail, mm. I think it depends a lot on that. You know, why are they doing it? Is it a quick cash and grab or is it really they have that passion they have to get out? Yeah. It just, it's a shame because I agree 100%. But as I've gotten older, I've become a bit more jaded. And I look back at like this idea of like, oh, well, this game was just fantastic because they loved it. So, you know, it was made by somebody who wasn't really trying to optimize the money. It's like, well, now it's like, man, isn't that kind of dumb? Isn't the real game the accumulation of wealth and capital? Isn't that our objective in all things? It's like this weird... I, that's very hard oh. for me because I think that if you want to just it like accumulate wealth, but... you can do a million different things, you know? And I think that that is, in a way, why my passion for games. So I study art in university. I have a master's in fine arts. And I have made a living out of learning how to monetize art and how to monetize media and how to monetize brand. But there's still a purpose of the brand and the media that has to be about more than just making money. If your whole purpose of making a business is making money and that's it, then I think the audience is going to smell it. And the audience... I, th I think we're just coming yeah, from... It's like, yeah. This is shit, you know? It smells like shit, yeah. tastes like shit, the, it must be shit. The, the problem... Like you, you're, you're... Sorry, just the, the problem is, like, ultimately, for you to get buy-in, you have to also be able to demonstrate how simple, like, things like paying your employees fairly or or provoking passion and and rewarding it and responding to it is also best in the long-term interests of the product Kyle, Kyle, i'll help you put it into words before hmm. most games that didn't hit were massive failures massive and they will lose millions and millions and millions of dollars and now they design those games even the ones that are shit that could still get a tiny little audience and make some money back because they are by design you know you have to contribute monetarily with it. Think about it in the same way that movies, you know? If a movie hits, then everybody knows about it. Those are the ones that you guys go to cinemas and all that. And if the movie doesn't hit, you guys never hear about it and they just lose a hundred million dollars. Making video games was extremely, extremely risky at one point. And it still is in a way. Like we said, if you have a company like Valve behind you, backing you with money, you actually have a chance to make a good game which will ultimately lead you into be able to make more profits. If you don't have money behind, even with the best interest at heart, you might still make shit. So it's, I think it's just more the, the same thing again is there are more, the Valve eats more of the market share, you know, than before. So therefore, uh, I, yeah. I really don't think it's easy. Like look at Underlords, look at Artifact, I, even though you have the backing, even though you have this, like you need to have, and maybe even if you have the passion, you actually need to have something extra. And I think there are many factors, there's what I was saying before about like an older generation, I think it's also true. I mean, to a lot of sense, I wish it was the same in politics that young kids are the ones who are then also involved in the next thing, because 
you know, when I was 20, I was ready to flip the school system or, or, or adapt or change something, you know, but as you get older, you also can get more with, you know, lose touch with the younger generation. I recognize that as I'm now here and I recognize that from when I'm there. So maybe to also make a good game, you know, it is important to, like, if you're going for the demographic that is also young people, maybe an experienced crew like we do in Dota should work with younger people or people with passion and talent, you know? And that comes from a, a newer place. I don't know. It, it could also be true for, for video game making. I mean, in a way, we do it in OG. I, yeah. We have a lot of very, very, very young people telling me how they see the world. Because otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you know. Otherwise, how what I kind of a world, world is this? Yeah, yeah. A 37-year-old playing I video games? Some of these things you can't recreate. Let me just praise uh, WePlay. Like and how they did the events before and how many memes you had like during the events, right? Like these small little bits and pieces, like you don't perhaps, you notice the, you notice the big deal, right? Like you notice this big arena, you notice the Omega League where we were all dressed like whatever the hell Romans and stuff. But also this crew that had so much passion, like all of them behind, I don't know them all by name, but uh, these Ukrainians that would just yep. put, put some dolphin on or some meme, right. zoom into your face, put a toast over your face, you know, like right. these kind of things. Like, there's a ton yep. of passion. I will say it. that is something I love about We Play Esports. One of the premier production companies Shut up, on the shut planet. up, guys. Shut up. Yes. And Johan, I... <laughs> Johan, I went to We Play and this was in the wall. I don't know if you see it or uh, you not. No, it's really weird. Okay, but I can well, it's a photo of people. a team that is called Sebastian, uh, Topson, Johan, <laughs> Anna, and Jerax with an EG flag. Oh, that's funny. It's <laughs> at, at the wall. It's on the wall, by on the, the way. Wall. That's funny. That's funny. That's really funny. No, but but so again, it, it goes to there when the mind gets also that loose and you're truly like doing something out of, out of pure passion. I see it better now. When you, when you go, yeah. when you're, yeah. when you're let go of like, that fear like financial security or worry about the future or whatever it is if you get into that groove doing what you love doing that's also how i think that's how only way i think people get to get close to you know their, their potential close to perfection whatever is when we yeah. can actually work well and uh, yeah. I, yeah you see that everywhere it goes everywhere it goes in the kitchen it goes on the farm it goes in competitive video games and in, in anything 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 that's how humans yeah. work i'm convinced of it Yep, you gotta you, you gotta stoke the passion and inflame it and find a way to harness yeah. it and so that all the incentives align. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you wanna be doing things and you want people you're working with to do things they want to do and enjoy. Yeah. If it feels they, like work, of course it's gonna be shit. Because they should no one feel wants safe, to they should feel appreciated and they should feel like they're wanted and, and uh today's gonna be fun, you know? Because otherwise, like what the fuck? You can spend all your life alone, like dodge people, but no, it, it can't be nice and it should be nice and it sh you shouldn't be worried about your your safety, financially, psychologically, whatever. You should be free, you know, and enabled, yeah. happy. We all have a bias, though, from, from where we're coming from and what we've done in life and the success story, right? But there's a lot of people as well that went with their passion, with their heart, with their soul, and it didn't work mm -hmm. out. There's, LA is full of those people. Also yeah. I mean, in Dota itself, like, look, we're all 30. There's like, we're talking about these success stories, uh, where there's like, there's Kyle, you're a success, Notel as well. Me with talent work more or less. I, I consider it a success, right? But there's guys that have been in these tier two, tier three teams that are now 30. They, you know, they, they don't have any outside skills. 
they went with the passion they went with the heart there's a lot of luck as well like even if you go with heart even with, if you go with passion that doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna mm. be a success story it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna do the thing to the perfection and even if you do you need a ton of luck for, I, to, for everything to work out I, i've always done the same test for myself so the real like i didn't come back to play i i did this exercise it's like all right if i had to live in my car uh, and shower at the Y for three years. But if I did that, I would be a TI champion and I'd win all this money. Would I do it? And I wouldn't because I didn't want to do it bad enough. I didn't care enough about that outcome anymore for it to be something I would sacrifice my life to do. And uh, that's how I feel is that if you're truly, truly invested in something, it's like you can't live without doing this. And ultimately, you know, I, there's a lot of artists that didn't become successful until like much, much, much later into their careers than sane people, than normal people would have would have done it for. Like Bukowski is probably the, the best book, example. Uh, the book you gave me, the reason why I left it is because I read a lot of Bukowski in 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 high mm -hmm. school, and I didn't I didn't want to go through someone that's writing about him. I'll I'll read the book, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, because I, I didn't like the feels that I had when, while reading his books, right? But he's an amazing yeah. author and a good example. The, his epitaph on his tombstone is don't try. And people don't understand what that means. What he's saying is like, don't try, do it. So he didn't try to become a writer. He was a writer. He just wasn't successful for 30, 40 years. But he was a writer. And that's the kind of lunacy that you need if, uh, if you want to take luck out of the equation. Okay, can I can I go with a little bit of realism here as well? Try, but be sure that you have circumstances or a certain disposition, like in the thing that you are doing, yeah. right? Like writing is a bit hard because it's it's kind of hard hard to value the the quality. But let let's put it this way: I had a two, guy that's two KMMR. He approaches me and asks me, like, "Hey, lizard, what do you think? Can I go pro?" Like, bro, no, I, I want to tell you, no. How is this person? Because Amar was 3K two years ago. He, so he was, I don't know, like 18, 19. Right. He just started university. Basically, what I told him is right. like, I cannot tell someone not to follow their dream. Like, that's not, even though I would really like to tell you, I can't. However, what I can say is take a year, if you really feel like that, take a year off, no longer, and see if you can reach like some higher MMR, like 6K or 7K at least. I don't know. That's that's that sounded reasonable to me, at least, right? Because I didn't try to go pro until I was really high ranked. Until I didn't try to stream until I really figured out that because I'm high ranked, because I'm kind of going pro, I might get some people there, right? Like it, it, the people find themselves like you. You can't be a football. Like I, I can't go right now and say, yeah, I want to be a tennis player. You know, if I if I try hard enough, it's not going to happen. Like. No matter what my passion is, I have a little bit of realism. I have faced this million times in the movie industry, and I would say that one of the good or bad things about the sports and esports is that your window is much smaller. So let's say if you haven't made it early at 37 right now, I don't think I can put. Doesn't matter how many hours I put, I will not be able to become a football player, a basketball player, or a Dota player. So in a way, life will check you, your realism, you know, early. But think about movies, think about other jobs or other careers. There's people that are until their 50s, 60s, trying to make it as an actor. But then my advice has always been the same thing, which is what Kyle was saying, is if you want to be a writer, you just have to write. 
That's it. Being successful or not is a different conversation. If you want to be an actor, you just have to act. If you have another job and you still act in the evenings in your theater group or in your y, like YMCA group or something, you will be an actor. But I can't guarantee you that you're going to be successful and something even more complicated. I can't even guarantee you that being good will lead you to be successful. Because mm. you could become a great freaking writer yeah. and still not make any money and still not be recognized. Look at how many artists have only been recognized after <laughs> died. You know? So yeah. you can be a writer if you write. You can be a caster if you cast. You can be a dollar player if you play. But being able to make a living out of this, very different. Yeah. Very, very different. And then there's the other side of the coin. I think it's a carry line. I wish everybody could grow up and get everything they ever wanted. So they realized it wasn't everything or it was rich and famous. Like the, the, the big game is about your own internal monologue and what you think of yourself. Cause again, to, I, I've started to see myself as successful, but it took me a really long time to do that because I'm around people that have reached significantly higher plateaus. And I'm like, Oh, I want to be that. Like, I'm not good enough. But ultimately, whether you're happy or whether you're successful is actually all in your head. Like, happiness is a choice. It's I, I struggle a lot with this myself because I find myself in positions of success and never feeling that it's enough. Because you know, well, that's if the I game. it's make, never going to be enough. If I make thirty points in it's a basketball a, game, is why didn't I make fifty? You know, what do I need to do to make fifty? And if I make 50 or how do I make 60? And well, I think it's, it's a little bit of this cultural difference as well. Once again, here, like between, between the America and like Eastern Europe, because here it, it's, it's very difficult. Like it, it, we, we aren't sold this story. Like as long as you try hard enough, you're gonna be a winner. You're, you're gonna have this American dream, right? Like we, we don't have that here what we have in, instead is like the Swedes, Swedes have, what's the word for it? If you guys, maybe, maybe, uh, our Danish boy knows they, they love each other up there very much. They're, they have this word, which is literally like, uh, what, what does it describe? How, it, it just this life of blissfulness and happiness, well, but mean, with having just enough. Oh, I was thinking joie de vivre, but that's no, it's Swedish. It's a Swedish, like they, they have a book on it basically that, that kids get like very early on in the school as well. It's basically like you will be happy as long as you're happy with what you've got, right? Like if you, if you're always striving for more, like you guys are saying, like if you're always trying to reach, um, oh, this one next step, lagum. not too little, not too well, much. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Is that when you Just lose be... $10,000 a day or oh, that's a different kind of lagum? <laughs> what are you okay, referencing? I'm alone in this joke. I have no idea what you're talking about. Let us change the subject. Okay. Johan, how do you find your logum in your day-to-day -day life? What gives you joy? <clears throat> oh, my, my puppies, things in life, I guess, like being grounded. Um, I think it's the greatest source. I also think competitive strive was um, fulfilling. It was a nice journey. And I also think it was me being, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get very much closer to my human nature, monkey nature, whatever you want to call it, like my true nature. And um, that's right now I'm having a lot of fun with that. I think I've been, been true to myself for a long time. And, and yeah, it's take me, taking me to a very nice place. Um, 
our day is filled with more simple things, more grounded things, plants, dogs, food, myself, health, uh, health and fun. So I don't really know, nothing too crazy. I mean, we went paragliding, we went surfing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing too crazy. Please continue. Yeah, it's a hot, it's a nice I'm south, it's a hot weather. Too. But hey, bro, everybody, everybody is on that life down here. Everybody is like chilling, take, takes a break during the afternoon. Um, yeah. But as you said, and something I've talked to Jay a lot about as well, and I think that this mentality is kind of what I'm, like the OG mentality, when I was talking to Seb and he was like, you know, when I was considering coming on board, like that's something I already buy into. Like it's the process that counts. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's about being sure that you're doing it in the right way with the right people. And the same goes with how you should live your life. The relationships that you have are the most valuable. Who I have in my circle, no matter work, Kyle, is what counts. I think that the values or, or the statements are easy for people to agree, but are extremely hard to live by. Day of course, by day. simple, not easy. Yeah. Uh, so hard like i i didn't live by that like i definitely since becoming a talent i lived with it maybe for a year and then suddenly it all became about let's let's just fucking get get this new job let's get it over with let's get the money you know like let's i stopped really enjoying it partly because of i mean 100 because of me but also the circumstances around me just kind of forced yep. me into that way of thinking well that and it it definitely negatively impacted my relationships as well and it's one of the key reasons i'm glad i'm not a talent anymore though i did love it because you have to represent like rich rich is a great way of putting it because he says like, to succeed as a talent like you have to be able to separate yourself from your who you are as a brand so there's kyle and the kyle on screen is virtually identical to how i am in person but that feedback that that person gets isn't, they're not saying you're a shit person. They just maybe don't like your product. So the problem is that you're putting yourself into this brand and you're giving your energy and your positivity. And even if it was a really shitty day and you're having family issues or you maybe just woke up feeling sad, you have to be happy and excited because that's what you're hired to do. But then you give that energy to the people, like you're being paid to give them that energy. And then you don't have as much of it to take back and, and try to do the same in your real life or in your real relationships. And it was the same as a Dota player. You've gotta be as positive as you can around your teammates and you spend way too much time with them and you end up neglecting your personal ones, which ultimately are the ones that, that matter. because. I don't know if you're, I mean, maybe you're different, Johan, but it's quite sad because there's players I've lived with for years that I just don't talk to anymore. And it's been pretty standard that when you, when you play with someone, you talk to them constantly. They might be your best friend and roommate, but as soon as you don't play together anymore, that's it. That's it. Well, that yeah. depends then how was your relationship defined or like how deep did it go and did you ever talk about it? Because sometimes maybe you can blame it on on yourself too, like parts of it. Oh, you for know? sure. Like I, I, I completely resonate with what you're saying. I also wish it was different with many more players I play with. Like truth be told, there's only, I think Seb that I talk to on a more than monthly basis, you know, the rest is, I mean, even almost fucking bi-yearly, not bi-yearly, like half a year, sorry, the other one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super rare sometimes. And, and uh, I wish those relationships maybe got a bit deeper, but at the same time, I also think a lot of these is okay that they were 
you know, professional while personal. And then once you remove the professional, it also gets less personal. At least I'm okay with drawing that line for a lot of them. Um, as in, I'm also more open, but, but, you know, I also get it. Like we live different parts of the world. We're so far apart. Like, and it's not same for me. It's not fun yeah. as fun and as easy to do sometimes. And I have the same relationship with my family. Sometimes, you know, I like to be more in contact with the people who are close to me, but yeah. And I like be less on the phone, but yeah. And then, so, so it is like, I don't know. I think taking every relationship serious is, is, is a good way to approach it. You know, even the ones yep. you meet for the first time in your life. Yep. And that, that's something that I've part of why I love talent is because that was when I got to see my friends because we would all work together. And there's like this running joke that, yeah, Kyle threw this event and just cause he's paying us to hang out with him was the joke. <laughs> Omega <League. laughs> he, he, pays me, he pays me to hang out with him. That's why. That's how we hang out together. Is it good, right? Uh, not as good as yours. Um, <laughs> so I, I've realized, and it's really cool that, you know, I am an adult and I have, whoa, whoa, albeit whoa. limited that far. control that far to say that you're over my life. If I want to maintain a relationship with somebody, I can put effort into doing that. The work be damned. And all it takes for a relationship to continue and for a friendship to thrive is a mutual desire. It doesn't mean you have to talk necessarily all the time, but there's people that like I, I miss terribly. And when we hang out, like I'd still be welcome on their couch for a week. And that's always going to exist because there's a mutual desire for us to preserve that relationship. And that's, that's what I want to put more time on and always have a focus on. Cause that, that to me is the dream. Like it does, what's the use of having a villa if you don't have friends to sip wine and, and look at the trees with, cause if you're not, if you're not happy with a, with a coffee shared with a close friend, you're not going to be happy with a yacht, no matter, no matter what. Some of the best nights of my life and my fondest memories always were just people that I loved doing some stuff together, like street food in Malaysia at four or 5 a.m. You know, Nazi Lamak, some shisha, and a, and a Milo dinosaur for $3. Like that was, that's one of my favorite nights of my life. I would say no, that I, I, can I like what you're saying. I think it's awesome. a little bit reductive because yeah. I find happiness in other things, but I, I'm glad that you find it that <laughs> way, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, like a, I, I what don't. You choose, what would you choose, Jay? What would be your happiness? I don't like, moment. So let's say that I, I am an what is it, an introvert extrovert? I can uh, be around um, people, omnivert, ambivert. But I have to constantly be putting it the energy in. You know, like every single yeah. time I'm with people, I, I like it. But after three hours, I was like, okay, I'm done with you people for the next two days. You know. Your energy. Yeah, is I'm gone. Gone, yeah. gone. Go bye bye. Well. I need yeah. to go home, and I right. like. I'm, I, for example, do better with only me and someone. You know, so me and Kyle, we can hang out, and I can maintain that energy. Let's say for a very long time. Groups are three or four. Yeah. Gone. Two hours. I'm done. So I like. I I find such an amazing pleasure and stability of just getting a book and reading or playing with my cat, and there's nothing else. Nobody's bothering me. You know. Being on the beach surfing and there's no one around, that, that solitude, it really fills me with joy. Well, I think most people are like that. I think very few people are, don't have any of that. I think most people at some point get fed up with each other, need breaks, need solitude. I think it's very rare that you find people that need none of it. But I also think mm -hmm. the other, most people can't deal with solitude for too long. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I I'm an only child, people. being alone, I'm 37. Yeah. Like I've been living by yeah. myself most of my life. So you, every time you, you met Oliver before, right, Jay? 
I've never met Oliver, but I've heard a lot of Oliver stories, obviously. So Oliver the was Oliver old was the old manager of TI. Yeah, when we, when we came to Portugal, and when I came to Portugal, um, he also came and we, we hung out. We used to walk around the city for like eight hours every day. Sometimes we wouldn't say a word to each other for like four hours. It was so funny, dude. <laughs> Wait, this is a good thing, though. Right? No, we were chilling, bro. Like it was, yeah. it was great. Yeah. It was like that silent yeah. man dude thing. Like I don't need to say yeah. shit. You want some water? I just hand it to you. Yeah. you know? I was like, uh, yeah. This is like the meme, good. like old friend yeah. you've never seen in years, best friend, and like, what do you do? You you just you each have a beer. You're watching yeah. sports, not talking. <laughs> it was the best night of my life. <laughs> it's funny how some of the best nights of my last two years have been with you, Kyle, and I have one night specifically in my mind. That him, Josh, and I. Can we put cousin. this on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> oh, okay. we just went to Santa Monica to the. We don't need the details, man. Yeah. It's okay. So we it went to the cousin. beach. We went to the beach. <laughs> they had a beer, and we was we were watching uh, fluorescent plankton on the water. Oh. And it was nothing. Oh, that's. It was that's just cool. sitting there. And just that's not nothing. That's great. Yeah. And I have that incredible memory because they didn't want to go, and I kind of tricked them into going. And then the world rewarded us yeah. with fluorescent plankton just moving when the waves were crushing. And like, oh, that's cool. that's I it. was just telling Kyle. Sorry, I just I was just telling Kyle as well. I met a stranger on a bus towards LA, and we literally did on my last day there. We literally did the same thing. Just walked uh, by the beach for like three, four hours. And that's it. I, I think it's about the place where I'm in uh, as well. It's not necessarily like I'm I'm a, I'm a bit like um, opening up, living life like Kyle did. Like he was saying, like he was just traveling around and and living this talent yeah. shit life, you know, just living out of a suitcase. Um, world. I, I worried way too much the last three years. Like I worried yeah. for 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 everything a bit too much, yeah. and I'm just kind of pausing it for a bit so I can enjoy the 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 walks. And actually having coffee without worrying that I need to make money for some shit in, in like a year that's coming yep. at me. You know? it, it's weird, but my like uh, totem for this, you know, like the inception like totem that I try and keep in mind is just to try and like I, I've embraced mortality. Like we're all going to die. Why does the, why will this matter to me? You know, what will this really have lasting meaning in my life? Like they used to tell Romans they'd win some grand war and they'd go down the promenade with like thousands and thousands cheering. And there was a job who's there was a guy whose job was to ride in the chariot next to them and say, Memento Mori, remember you will die. Like enjoy this because it is fleeting. And that's also what makes life so beautiful. That's why the gods were jealous of us in Greek mythology because we have as mortals such a natural beauty in all the things that we do because it's a limited amount of time with which we can experience this like massive planet with 9 billion people on it. And, uh, and I, yeah, I don't know if that really helps. I don't think it helps people. I've tried to give this as like self-help advice. Like, yeah, just remember like in a few billion years, the universe will explode and in a hundred years or so, no one will even remember you ever existed. So why are you worried? It doesn't, doesn't hit right Not for, for everyone. Me. Flying spaghetti monster is yeah. coming to save me, bro. Don't know about you. I'm out of here. Uh, last part of the podcast. Give me 10 minutes. So far, uh, what do you guys think about the patch? Uh, all I, I, all I can notes. think of, yeah, every, t every time anyone mentions the patch, I just think about the centaur with the cart behind him. That, that's, <laughs> it. that's all I can think of. Then we will not review the patch in this episode. 
Well, this was an eclectic podcast. Uh, we might have a few jump cuts throughout the podcast to keep us in track and we'll get creative. Lizard, thank you so much for joining us. Kyle, thank you so much for thank joining you for us. The invite. Johan, amazing return with this new forest in your room. And yeah, final words for you guys, gentlemen. No, happy to be here. Happy to be talking with you guys. Good to see you, Lizard, as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, same, same. Likewise. I came here just for the Nautil. I saw that he's going to be in and I just wanted to see the hair. I'm kind of disappointed he cut cut half of it off, but... Uh, oh, freedom. Yeah. Absolute liberation. Yeah. I had to put up with Kyle in order to talk to Nautil. So <laughs> Sacrifices yeah, is worth making. Yes. Yeah, what can you do? <laughs> well, thank you so much. We'll wrap it up. Thank you so much, everybody. And see you guys next week.